Welcome to the Sales Tips for Pros podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. In this CPSA podcast episode, we chat with internationally recognized sales guru, Bob Urichuk, about the concept of velocity selling and how to attract, engage, and empower prospects to buy. It is this sales process, book, and online training, says Bob, that propelled him into the ranks of the world's top 10 sales gurus. For over 10 years, Bob has been recognized as Consumer Speaker of the Year and awarded Platinum Speaker status by Meeting Professionals International. Bob, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Bill. It's great to be here. I'd love for you to introduce yourself a wee bit more to our audience and, and tell us a little bit about the work done at Bob Urichuk Management, Inc. All right. Um, well, Bill, where to start? I mean, I used to work in the corporate world and I made a major decision at age 45 to leave the corporate world and to go into business for myself. And of course, uh, a big part of my life was I wanted to see Canada from coast to coast first. I accomplished that. And then I wanted to see the world. So I started my business basically um, chatting with another fellow and to be an international speaker. And he said, well, where do you want to go? And I said, well, let's, uh, you got a globe somewhere. He says, sure. He pulls out the globe and I put my finger on Ottawa, Canada, and I reach around the other side of the globe, put it down, turn the globe, and my finger was on Singapore. So what I did is I got on the internet, found the 10 best hotels, offered them eight hours of sales training in exchange for a suite for two weeks, used points, flew over there, did my training, networked during the day, and Singapore became my second home for almost 20 years. And it didn't cost me a cent to start up. That was the beauty of it. Then from there, I used Dubai and did the same um, practice there. So I've used Dubai and Singapore as my hubs for the last uh, 20 years. And I've trained uh, organizations in over 50 countries now uh, through public seminars, in-house customized training, uh, coaching. And I've helped a lot of other people become speaker trainers and authors. Um, in some cases, uh, giving them my book and letting them translate it and adapt it to their own culture and language and putting their name on it and uh, helping them get uh, build their business accordingly. So that's kind of like where I'm at. And uh, I'm at a point now where I'm, I'm aiming more to retirement and um, out to help people succeed in sales in any which way I can. I love your anecdote there about uh, about looking about what, what's on the other side of uh, of the globe from from Ottawa. It reminds me of that movie. I'm not sure if you've seen it, The Last King of Scotland, where at the very beginning he spins the globe, puts his finger down, and says, "Oh, now I'm going to try again." And, he, and then he puts his finger down again, and away he goes. <laughs> yeah, well, a big part of it was uh, when I was 22, I called into work sick, and I spent 24 hours asking myself what I want to be, do, and want out of life, and I created a magic wand, and I can remember. Uh, summarizing it all up into a little statement. Uh, I want to make a difference in the world while I see the world, preferably on expenses, while making big U.S. dollars. And I've accomplished all that. Well, I'm hoping today we can get a few insights into how, how more of our listeners can, can do something similar. So um, The other thing, it, Bill, was, you know, I always had this, uh, there was, it used to be a saying, you can't profit in your backyard. And I always took it as profit speaking, PH, you know, the profiting side of it. And then there's the money side profiting of it. And because I've already seen Canada, and of course, there's a, an attitude sometimes in the U.S. Uh, uh, towards Canadian speakers, like what can they teach us? Uh, I decided I'm going to go the world. And, and, and you know what? I've got so much satisfaction out of being the only Canadian ever recognized 
as an international sales guru, as a global sales guru. So I'm very thankful for that. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We are uh, listening to Canadian sales royalty today, so I'm very privileged. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the context of attracting, engaging, and empowering prospects to buy, Bob, who do you believe should lead, marketing or sales? Well, in my opinion, I don't think either one of them should lead. It's not about marketing. It's not about sales. It's not about your brand. It's not about your products or solutions. Everything revolves around the buyer. And when you think about it, without buyers, we don't have sales. So really, we got to get down to the core. It's all about buyers and what their needs are and how we could satisfy their needs. So sales is really about engaging the buyer and empowering them to buy. Does that mean then that marketing and sales should be working together on strategy? Because it's not about either department. It's a, as you said, it's about the buyer. So then there needs yeah. to be more collaboration there. Uh, certainly more collaboration. Uh, let's face it, it starts with marketing, engaging the buyer. And, and, you know, if you work with sales, well, then sales could follow through on that strategy and accomplish it. What I find in a lot of organizations, marketing and sales don't talk when they should be really one and the same. Because let's face it, without, uh, I, I believe that sales is by far the most important profession in the world. Without sales, there's no transaction. Without a transaction, there'd be no revenue. Organizations would not exist. Everybody's dependent upon their organization, but it all takes sales to, per, you know, to get that bottom line to pay those salaries. So sales is by far the most important aspect in any organization. Marketing assists sales. Everything goes towards sales. But without sales, we've got nothing. But to get sales, we need buyers. So we really have to appeal to buyers, their price points, their needs, and their desires. Do you feel there's a... Um... That there's a, a midway role somewhere between sales and marketing that a business development professional perhaps fills? And if so, what, what is that unique role between the two? But it sounds to me perhaps, um, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, uh, but it sounds to me perhaps that you feel that titles, titles are just titles. It's more about what you do. Uh, a big part of my program in Velocity Selling is separating the, the roles we play versus the identity you carry. We call this the IR theory identity versus roles. And it's a bit of an exercise to take you through, but it, it could be beneficial to the clients. Let me, you want to do it, Bill? We'll, we'll go through a little exercise. Yeah, please. Indeed. Let's do it. Okay. So let's, let's take this, your role. Uh, so, you know, let's start with role. Role is who am I? Somebody comes up to you and say, hi, I'm Bob. What do they usually add to that? They usually add the role that they play. Would you agree? I would agree. And everything revolves around our role. So on a scale of 0 to 10, how would you rate your performance in your existing role? Now, I don't want you to give me your answer. I'll walk you through it so you understand it. You know, you pick your own number. On a scale of 0 to 10, what's your performance in your existing role right now? Now, some people put down 3. 3 is very low. Now, the reason it's 3 is because, one, they're new in their job and they don't quite understand it yet, so their performance is going to be low, and that's understandable. Another reason it could be 3 is because, People don't like their work. They hate the job they're doing or they're, they don't like the people around them. So obviously their motivation is low and they, they perform like a three. Now, if you perform like a three, how does it make you feel about yourself on a scale of zero to 10? Also as a three. So now let's take a look at someone who, who's been there for 10, 20 years. They evaluate themselves as a nine. You know, not to be too egotistical, but they went nine out of 10. Well, 
It's because, you know, they're performing, they know their job well, they do it well, they're recognized. Well, how does that make them feel? Also like a nine. However, this individual, Bill, you've been there for 20 years, they come up to you the next day, your boss comes up to you and says, Bill, due to downsizing, right-sizing, and all the rest of it, we no longer need you. Your role goes from nine to zero. How does it make you feel? Like a zero. And take a look at it. People lose their roles. With the loss of their role, they lose their jobs. They lose their identity. So when I, you know, then let's take a look at the other side of the coin now. Who am I without roles? I want you to be stripped of all your roles. I want you to look in the mirror at what I refer to as the most important person in the world and rate what you see. Quite often, people go zero right away. And I said, well, whoa, whoa, don't tell me your answer. Without roles, who am I? You got to look at yourself. If you rated yourself as a three, it's probably because you got low self-confidence, low self-esteem. You're leading your life from the outside in as opposed to the inside out. You became a doctor because your father wanted you to be a doctor. And you hate being a doctor, but you did it for him. Get the idea? So if you feel like a three, how are you going to perform? Like a three. However, if you took the time to understand yourself, your strengths, your weaknesses, focusing on your strengths, decided what you wanted out of life, what you want to be, what you want to do, how you want to go, set goals, put those goals into actions, and you don't, you're no longer reactive, you are proactive, you are making things happen. You feel like a nine because of your success. And if you feel like a nine, how are you going to perform in any role of your choosing? Also like a nine. You come into work and they say, we no longer need you. Your role goes to zero, but you know what? You maintain your identity as a nine. And that's really the foundation of our whole selling system is we have to build people up from the inside out because when you take care of yourself, you can then take care of your buyers. So you can only give to other people what you have inside to give. So a big part of our program, and it's been referred to as the one of the most complete sales training programs globally because we address it in four areas. And it's as simple as A, B, C, D. We look at attitude, your attitude towards yourself, your attitude towards your organization, and your attitude towards buyer. And then this is where we got to get you up to a 10 in all these areas so that you're comfortable. Then we look at behaviors, your bottom lines, your behavior towards yourself, setting personal goals, your behavior towards your organization in pay time, no pay time, in getting the best return on investment, and, of course, our return on time invested, and also personal or uh, corporate goals and how to achieve them. Then we take a look at your behavior towards buyers. Um, and, and, you know, targeting buyers, the 80-20 rule, and, of course, return on time invested with buyers and how to maximize that. And then we look at competencies, um, not only the sales system, but how buyers buy, understanding the universal needs of buyers, how to engage them and how to empower them. Then we provide you with an eight-step sales process on how to walk them through them from building rapport, setting parameters, uncovering buying motivators, financial ability, summarizing, and then prescribing solutions, not giving presentations, but prescribing solutions, significant difference, and then, of course, follow-up and account maintenance. And then the last one, discipline. Discipline is a commitment to the most important person in the world. It means doing what you have to do even when you don't want to do it. So we get people to write out daily disciplines for themselves, for their organization, and for the buyer, and things they could do to help them get where they want to go. And that kind of summarizes the the whole program in itself. But it all starts with that foundation of attitude. 
And that's why I think it's important to understand role and identity. Role and role titles mean nothing. Who you are inside and what you become is all up to you. It's 100% under your control. And only then, when you're 100% under self-control, can you start controlling the sales cycle and the sales situation. By the way, Bill, who should be in control of sales, of, of you know, the sales process? The buyer or the seller? <laughs> well, from, from what I've read uh, from you, sir, I'm going to say the buyer. <laughs> well, the buyer should think they're in control. But today, in most sales scenarios, the buyer is in control. And we see that by who is asking the questions. A very big part of our system is understanding why you ask questions. You don't ask questions to get answers. It's the person asking the questions that is the person that's in control. The person answering the questions thinks they're in control, but in reality are totally out of control. And in most buyer-seller situations, you see the buyer asking the questions and the salesperson giving free consulting and losing control. So what we do is we teach salespeople how to ask the right questions and how to never answer a question so that they are 100% in control. We have a rule. We call it the 70-30 rule to distinguish it from the 80-20 rule. 70% of the time, what should the salesperson be doing? Uh, selling, prospecting, qualifying. Okay. Well, I say listening. 30% of the time, they should be asking questions. When you add 70 and 30, that's 100%. That means there's no room for answering questions or talking. There is a time to do it, and that's when you get to prescribing opportunities. Up until the, uh, sorry, not opportunities, but uh, prescribing solutions. When you prescribe solutions, that's your opportunity to talk, because by then you've done your complete diagnostics and you know what's what. You understand what kind of budget they have, what kind of pain or pleasure they're looking for, uh, and all the issues. So it's a, it's a process that puts the salesperson or the business owner or even a team leader in full control. And that's really where it all starts, understanding these different components. Okay, thank you. So we've, we've covered the A, B, C, and D of, uh, of a velocity selling system, I think. But I just want to back up for a moment with you, Bob, if I may, and, and, and ask you a more fundamental question. And uh, just to clarify for listeners who are taking notes there, why velocity selling? Can you explain how and why it leads to a faster way to make sales? Well, uh, because it's not about you, it's about the buyer. And, and once you establish rapport, you've got the trust. And then step two, we set up what we call parameters. And this is an important step. And if, if there's anything I can advise salespeople to start implementing right away, we call these either ground rules or setting the parameters. Basically, you start the conversation as we did, small chat. We build rapport. We get to know each other a little bit. And then sometimes we kind of interrupt at a point when it's appropriate. When we know we have rapport, like Bill, I feel we've got that rapport now. I would say, oh, by the way, Bill, how much time have you got left for our interview? And you well, can play say... with me on this one, role play, <laughs> if you like. Bob, uh, you are a king in the space, sir. I've got as long as you need. <laughs> okay, well, all right, let's say you say 15 minutes. I would say, okay, Bill, what is it you want to accomplish in the next 15 minutes? We've always been told to go into a sales call with an objective. Yes, that is the most important thing. Have an objective. But whose objective is more important, mine or the buyer's? 
The buyer's objective is more important. So what I want to do is respect their time and their objective. So two things I ask. Uh, Now that I got rapport, I just interject. By the way, how much time have you got left for 15 minutes? Well, Bill, what is it you, you would like to accomplish in the next 15 minutes? And I take note of that. And I said, okay. And I would also like to learn more about you and your business. And then I ask permission to ask questions. Okay, if we ask each other questions, do you mind if I take some notes? And this is the important part. By the way, Bill, I can't solve the world's problems, and I may not be able to solve yours. If I can't help you, is it okay if I tell you no? And if I can, I'll be yes. All I'm asking is that can we be honest with each other and work on yes or no answers? Because a lot of time what I find is people say think it over, and it ends up really meaning no, and it ends up wasting your time. The last thing I want to do today is waste your time. And by the way, that is the number one complaint about salespeople. They waste my time. So you know what I did here? I put the focus totally on the buyer, their time, their objectives. I got permission to ask questions and take notes. And put an honest yes, no in front of them. Now, if I find they're not qualified, I can walk away, say, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Or I can. And that's a very important thing to get right up front because that step alone shortens the sales cycle and brings clarity to it and no waste of time. And that's where you get the best, what I call roadie, return on time invested. And uh, listeners, just uh, as a side note, um, I, I also recently interviewed uh, another awesome sales expert called Andy Paul. And, and uh, in that interview, we were talking about return on time investment there, too. So maybe check that one out as well. Um, yeah. I want to I change focus a wee bit now, Bob, um, sure. because uh, you are... Uh, you are a Canadian, uh, successful Canadian salesperson, and uh, you, you're a certified trainer and someone with an honours degree in business administration, marketing and sales from the Algonquin College of Applied Arts and Technology. Um, and, and, and the CPSA is all about educating Canadians and, and, and uh, folk in the US too. Do, do you feel that Canada offers a comparable level of academic sales education to that offered in the US or say uh, at schools in the UK such as Cranfield or are we are we still lagging behind? Well I think the uh, CPSA has had a great presence in Canada Um, you know I'm going from the past because I I used to be a member in the early parts of the 80s and 90s Um, even got involved in in certifying people for their certification as a sales professional and I've got a lot of respect for CSA, and I think they've done more work in Canada to recognize sales than any other organization. Um, I've found that the universities and colleges don't really teach sales. Um, I, I was born in a, in a business. I didn't really have a childhood, and I, got, I graduated with honors not because I studied hard. It's because I learned all of this growing up in the family business, and sales became a natural thing to me. And what I did learn, though, through Algonquin College is human behavior, consumer behavior, um, marketing, and how they're all integrated into sales. And one of the things I think is it's, we, we've got to get away from the old way of selling, traditional sales methods, and get more focused on the buyer and put the focus more on uh, buyer-seller relationships um, and how to do that. Now, I think they've there's advanced a lot, but there's still a lot of improvement to be made. And not just in Canada, in many countries in the world. Many countries in the world don't even have certification. As a matter of fact, 
uh, I had organizations in the Middle East that I was referring them to CPSA so that they can get their salespeople certified in Canada. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, but it's, 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 the only, it's the only certification that I became aware of uh, in my travels. Well, I, it sounds like we're doing something right then, Bob. <laughs> yeah, I would say um, we are. And I'll tell you what, Canada is leading in many different ways. Uh, even in sales training, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of competitors. If we take a look at the United States, um, they're still in a lot of their traditional message. They're very aggressive. They talk big, uh, but they don't perform. And, and that's the sad part. People get they go to these motivational seminars to get high for a day. It, it, these things are useless, and people should understand that. They're get, great for getting you high for a day, and I've done many of them. Not to my desire, but hired to do that. But the only way to master these things is what we call continuous learning. Learning has to be an ongoing process. And that's what led me to online training, because I found that a lot of organizations, well, first of all, they were paying me a big dollar to do a day's program, or three-day program, but I'm saying that's not the way it works. And then I realized uh, when I got a call through um, a Lightspeed virtual training in the United States, they, I partnered up with them and we created an online program so that people can have continuous ongoing training at a very affordable cost. And I find that to be probably one of the best things. That combined with a book or audio programs, but again, it's not a one, two, or three-day thing. It's a continuous thing. It's a daily learning or a weekly discipline where you've got to continuously upgrade your skills. Which is a fantastic lead on to my final question for you today, Bob. And that's um, how can our listeners learn more about you and, and the work done at Bob Eurotruck Management Inc.? Well, we have two websites. One is VelocitySelling.com. That's where the online training program uh, resides. And also uh, BobU.com. Now, at BobU.com, there's a lot of resources. Uh, free articles, free tips, um, uh, you know, excerpts from my books. And we've got, um, I think I put out about six books in a dozen languages, but the most popular ones are definitely Velocity Selling, How to Attract, Engage, and Empower Buyers to Buy, Motivate Your Team in 30 Days, which is a, uh, a, a practical book for every team leader, and it, it really helps pe- engage your buyers, which are your workers, into the process so that they own it and they're empowered. And then, of course, we've got my favorite, my first book, uh, which I've changed titles a few times, but it's referred to as Discipline for Life. You are the author of your future. And that's an interactive book where people get to know themselves from the inside out and plan out their future, and they have all the tools to help them get there. And a lot of those uh, free resources like monthly monitor charts and goal charts, et cetera, are also located at bobu.com slash resources or free resources. We also have a lot of blogs there as well. So those two sites will help you enormously, VelocitySelling.com and BobU.com. And if anybody wants to communicate or have any questions, feel free to email me, just Bob at BobU.com. Listeners, I, I did exactly that a few weeks ago. I just reached out, told Bob a wee bit about myself and what the CPSA are doing, and uh, he was extremely receptive. And uh, so I I appreciate your time today, Bob, and uh, I do hope we can do another show soon uh, based around um, perhaps perhaps based around the the motivating of your team or whatever you want to chat about. Well, until until part two, then, Bob. Uh, That just sounds great, Bill. Looking forward to it. (laughs) Have yourself a great day. You too. Thank you very much, Bob, for being our guest on the CPSA podcast. All right. All the best. 
Thank you for listening to the Sales Tips for Pros show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.